Here we are. Who the fuck pressed that? I think oh, it was your cable. But honestly, any reason to listen to Nemesis. Ah, cheers. We're having some nice hot chockey. Mm-hmm. It's the Christmas special, so instead of a beer, we're doing hot chockies. Yes, Christmas is coming up, and this it's... will be out on Friday, which I don't know. Yeah, it's like four days away for us, but Friday is Christmas, isn't it? It might, it might actually be. Imagine an episode coming out on Christmas. Monday is today, 21st December. Wow. Merry That's crazy. Cri- Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all the if listeners. If you're actually listening to this on Christmas, um, rip your family. Yeah. We but are also, <laughs> we are a better family anyway. Merry Christmas <laughs> and a happy new year to you. And if you are my family, Ruth, I'm going to be kind of hurt if you aren't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your Christmas. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Implications of Phineas and Perp podcast. There's 365 days in a gap year and uni's gonna come and end it. So be once in a lifetime, problem for us is to find a good way to spend it. Making a podcast. Now, I know there's an episode to discuss. I know we've got Phineas and Ferb to discuss. Yeah. But can I just say this is a banging hot chocolate? You really like he it? Put, yeah, he put... He's put Nutella in the hot chocolate, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not only have I got a nice, nice big cup, he didn't get the small cups, he didn't wuss out. He got, he got the nice big ones, mm. but also Nutella, a little bit of hot chocolate powder, stir it up, bit of milk, chuck in the microwave, you know. I, it would be nice if it was spun milk, but we don't have a milk spinner. And yeah, so you can't blame me for so that. So I can't blame you for that, 100%. But I got to say, this is a solid 8.5, 9 out of 10 Wow, um, hot chocolate, thank yeah. you for that. Uh, I do want to. I have a quick story then about hot chocolates. Oh, hit me with uh, it. From all those chocolate ones you go that have apparently the best hot chocolate. Mm. The best hot chocolate I've ever had is one I made with my uncle, and oh. we were going to the beach, as you do, and we were there to go like a kind of fishing. It's the most lazy fishing I've ever done, and fishing in itself is lazy. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like it was great. Anyway, what we did is we got a thermos and we just put the the necessary ingredients. So you, oh, your cocoa yeah. powder, but usually like your chocolate powder these days, mm. milk, tiny bit of warm water and something else. Mm. And we didn't, we didn't measure it at all. We kind of went, yeah, no, that looked good. Yeah, that looked good. I uh, left it in the thermos for about an hour because that was the drive. And then we crack it open. It was the best hot chocolate I've ever had. Nice. And I can never have it again because yeah, I did such specific conditions. Yeah. It was such specific conditions as well as the fact is I have no idea how much of everything I put in. Eyeballed ratios, yeah. Yeah, I just eyeballed and was like, yeah, this will do. Was the water boiling when you put it in? Yeah, it was hot. So yeah. it would have it would have mixed and we shook it a bit, we assume. And it's sad. Now I can never have that again. If you're listening to the episode, listen, I know you came here for Phineas and Ferb, but fuck yeah. <laughs> Send us your hot chocolate recipes. Implications of Phineas and Ferb <laughs> Send us a good hot chocolate recipe and you will we'll, we'll, we'll sign the it. rights to the podcast over to you, dude. I'm I am a sucker for a good hot chocolate it depends, recipe. It depends if it Jeez. is actually good. We'll certainly try it. Well, yeah, exactly. We try everything. Alrighty. So, welcome back to the implications of Phineas and Ferb, where we discuss the implications of Phineas and Ferb. Oh my God. Yes, he I said, said it. the intro this time. Uh, we love to see it. We've got season two, episode 15, No More Bunny Business and Spa Day. Now, I really enjoyed this episode. I Like I, a lot. I was thinking about it as well, and I, I've just realized we're in the golden day of Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, this, this, this is, is a the sweet glorious spot. episode. And I was sitting here and I was wondering. I'm enjoying this more than I have pretty much any episode this entire podcast we've done. I was mm. thinking, I was sitting there, I was thinking, why is this such a good episode? And then I was like, oh, this is how far our 
in order rewatch went up to. Ah, so you're like, this is new to this me. This is new. I have never, I have not seen this episode in recent memory. I might have seen it when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it. And so it, as an adult, it's kind of rediscovering it, and yeah. it just—it's just a good episode, isn't it? I didn't know how many good episodes they could make, but we've got four seasons. Yeah, of it. they're like four seasons, hundred and forty something episodes, or hundred and eighty-two, hundred and eighty-four. Jesus Christ! I and know. The qu- they, how do you keep the quality up consistently for that many episodes? Who knows? But they smash. Do you want to hear some show? People like The Simpsons, classic of. There's 10 of seasons of that crap. There's, no, there's 23 now. Oh, wow. There's okay, a lot sorry. of seasons of The Simpsons, right? All right. They, could, they couldn't keep it up for 182 episodes. Hmm. Family Guy couldn't keep it up for 182 episodes. Name one other cartoon with this consistent Where quality. Every you single cannot. episode and do you know why the Simpsons, is this quality. Exactly. And do you know why The Simpsons couldn't keep up the quality across all that long? Why is that? Because they lost Dan and Jeff when they went to ride for All right. No more bunny business. Tell me what happened. So, we start by the male ma- the male lady comes yep. up to the mailbox and yep. she's like, I'm going to just put the letter in here. I'm just going to chuck it in there. And Phineas and Ferb are like, hi. <laughs> How you inside doing? the mailbox for some reason. <laughs> Phineas like pops the... his head out. But when Phineas jumps out, Ferb's in there as well, apparently. Mm. Very small mailbox. They, they wanted the mail. They're bending space and time. What, what else is new? Yeah, they're, they're, they're just fitting in a... Demorphing their bodies to get into that. There's some episode that hasn't aired where they're like, Ferb, I know what we're going to do today. We're going to make the mailbox a TARDIS that takes place before this one in the timeline. But, like, we just didn't see it, and that's fine. Nice. That would explain Time Lords. Phineas and Ferb could be Time Lords. No, they're more than that. They're better than Time Lords. Yeah, true, true. Maybe Time Lords are... Maybe they maybe mm. they made the, they invented the TARDISes for the Time Lords... And then they just kept one as their mailbox, just in case. Because they get me. they get so many deliveries and mails of like truckloads and tons of stuff. They're mm. like, well, if the delivery man accidentally starts pouring the entire thing we need into our mailbox, it's not going to overfill. That is a that is a good point. They yeah. did this deliberately. Yeah. yeah, they were like, you know what? Just in case if someone tries to put it in the mailbox, something that's too large. It will fit. The Time Lords were like, we invented a time machine because it's kind of our whole thing, Time Lords, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we did that like ages ago, but whatever. And then <laughs> we the Time Lords one. like Time Lords like, but our time machines, they don't fit in a very small space. Can you make us something that's bigger on the in the inside so that we can like store these time machines so that we can actually use them and finish them verbal like Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming back into handy. Mm-hmm. Alright. So they're in the mailbox. Yep. The mail lady doesn't have their parcel. But while they were hiding in the mailbox, the other mailman delivered the parcel. Because it's in a box. And they put it out the front of the door because you wouldn't put it in the mailbox. because it's by courier because that makes sense. Um, Even though there's clearly space in the mailbox for this parcel. Obviously, but uh, they didn't didn't write that on special instructions. I always forget to put special instructions on my orders. That makes sense, Because you should say, leave it out the front of my door. Well, you could say that because there is no one in hell ever coming to your house. The way I see it, we we usually leave our doors unlocked most of the time because we're so far out of town... If someone's dedicated enough to break into our house, drive all the way out with like a truck so they can carry stuff and steal a bunch of stuff and then leave, they can have it. Because like that's that's a lot of dedication that, to robbery. That's a lot of effort, yeah. Like there's so many easier targets. There's places with no locks on the windows in town that you yeah, can just like yeah. go over there, yep. Um, anyway, the parcel has arrived um, and it's x-ray goggles. Yep. But turns out they're fraudulent. Now, I, I don't quite understand... Why Phineas and Ferb bought this instead of making it? Yeah, because they do later on build it, which is now. kind of part of the story. 
But why did they ever order it? Let me explain you a thing. Okay. My pop was a carpenter, right? He was. He uh, still is something. Like, he he is, is retired, but he used to be a carpenter. Mm-hmm. And he would always make us the most fantastic things. But when I went to book club in year three, and I looked at the thing, and it said, Spy Gadget for Sale. You bet your ass I bought that. Yeah, okay, that's true. What I could have made with my pop would have been better than those spy toys, but I wanted it because it was in book club. It and was in the magazine. And it says spy it toys. Says spy toys. And obviously it's for spies. Exactly. And you I'm can't a spy, be so. a spy without a watch that makes a little laser pointer. You understand me on a fundamental <laughs> level, Joe. Thank I, I, pre- I feel seen today. Anyway, so, he's like, it's a scam. Like that other Like that scam. bodybuilding class that we got, and then Ferb <laughs> just flexes his muscles and grows to three times the size. Man, is Ferb cut. Ferb is jacked. <laughs> Jeez, Built. I will have what he's having. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He is ripped. I... And Phineas doesn't know. And Ferb doesn't show it. Yeah. He's he's not there to show off. He's there it for the just, actual games. It was a visual joke that the audience loves because it's exceptional. Gotta love Ferb. Um, and we're not even going to d- discuss how that happened because, like, of course that happened. Of course it did. It's Phine- it's Phineas and Ferb. That just makes sense. All right. So then Candace sees a bunny, and then this bunny later we learn that Perry's been well. We'll be finding it because it's he's a bagger. A rogue agent. Now, rogue agent. Listen. <laughs> Once again, we run into a little issue here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thomas Cruise, <laughs> Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Mm. I am sick and tired of seeing Hollywood shamelessly rip off Phineas and Ferb after the fact. <laughs> okay? Tom Cruise. This is it. We even, we know that you want to play Phineas and Ferb. That we, this is the role for you. And the way that we know it is because every single movie that you make is in sequence a rip off of something Perry the Platypus did. Why are you continuing to copy him when you could just play him? <laughs> just, just be him. Exactly. You're, uh. you're trying to be a pale imitation of someone that you're not when you could be the first live-action Perry the Platypus. Don't you want to do that? All your own stunts, man. <laughs> Tom Cruise, answer our emails. Please, we've been writing. Please, Come on, please, Tom please. Cruise, please just be in our movie, please. Come on, his agent. We've got the role for him. We'll organise the rest of it later. I once will. We sign Tom Cru- once we sign Tom Cruise... I'm happy. I will deliberately find you safety people who are okay with being lax <laughs> so that he can put himself in as much danger as you want. We will sign the waivers. We will sign so much paperwork so that that boy can, you know, break his arm or crack his skull open. Jump on out of or a plane. Jump out of a plane. Without a pa- no, with a parachute, but he only does it at the last second. Yeah, and so he, he still to- breaks his knees. Yes, and he has to catch a man and a, and a cat at the very last second. You think it's impressive... That um, that Tom Cruise was able to go on that movie set and he broke his ankle and in a shot that made it into the movie. His actual leg, but yeah. we will let him broke both of his ankles. <laughs> he can have both of them, <laughs> and we'll keep that shot in the final cut, and we'll play the shot in its entirety with him like landing on the ground. You can see the ankles break. He screams in pain, and then just cut to him being fine immediately after. Because we're not cowards who try to hide the facts in the editing room. Do 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 a better cut than that, like. Just have a cut up and it just looks like the background and then he just walks into frame. Like he just steps yep. up into frame. He's just like, nice. And continues walking. What we'll do is we'll keep the cameras rolling as he screams and then the ambulance arrives and then we'll follow him to the ambulance with the cameras and we'll take the whole stuff. We'll release the normal version of the movie, but then we'll also release an extended cut 
the director's cut, which is six hours because it's just got four hours in the middle of Tom Cruise going to hospital and getting casts put on both of his legs, and then a montage of him recovering over the next six months. <laughs> and we've shot it in sequence, so everyone's haircuts will have changed when we cut back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're not cowards who are limited by continuity. We will do. Uh, anyway. Anyway, back to the, we've got like 30 seconds into the episode, but we just, you had to bring it you up. Had to. All right. So Perry is brought, he gets told by Monogram that this is a rogue agent, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. The fact that one of the agents can defect. His oh. name, by the way, is Agent Dennis. Dennis. They only say it once, but yeah, his name is Dennis. All right. So then Perry, B. it has to find him. He goes mm-hmm. into a chimney, chimney suit, tim, chimney just a chimney. And at the end, he's holding binoculars and he's searching around. Nice little joke. He looks directly at Phineas and Ferb. They look directly back at him. And they're like, there's Perry. And then it cuts back and he's just not looking through the binoculars. And they're like, well, if he got up there, he can get down. And they'll, I'm like, I nice. mean, that's kind of irresponsible pet ownership. But also, like, just being around Phineas and Ferb means that you're probably the sort of pet that's fine with. Yeah, a secret agent that yeah. lives and defeats an evil scientist. Yeah, that's just the vibes that they give off. Um, and then, so the boys, yeah, make an X-ray glasses, yeah, with carrots, with carrots, because mm-hmm. carrots improve your eyesight. Just asks every mother ever. Do you know where that came from? My mother. No, the the carrot eyesight thing, where the where it originally started. Yeah, my mother. The belief that carrots improve your eyesight dates back to World War II propaganda. Children have long been urged to eat carrots in order to improve their vision, but a carrot-filled diet won't get you 20-20 vision or let you see in the dark. That idea is a legacy of World War II when the British government, aided and abetted by Walt Disney, told Britons that eating carrots would sharpen their eyesights to help win the war. The message is resonated beyond its, beyond its borders and still is persuasive today. So it was a combination of propaganda where they were like... Um, it, was, it was a combination of propaganda. They were worried about... Air bombing raids, right? Yeah. They had carrots. Carrots were easy to grow. Carrot, yep. They could give people carrots. So they were like, we boost carrot sales. We A, get money to help with the war. Yeah. B, we encourage the populace to eat a food that we have enough of. Rather and it than, will keep them alive. Which keeps the stocks good because it's, it's World War II. And then three, when we do the German raids, like when the German raids happen in Britain and we turn all the lights off, people will feel safer because they'll feel like they can see better in the dark. And... The Germans will be more scared because they'll think that the British people can see well in the dark because they're eating lots of carrots. The the night sight yep. ninjas now because so yeah, of the carrots. I'll I'll have to verify that in the edit before I actually do it. But I'm pretty. I, okay. I remember reading right. about that. I'm pretty uh, confident. If, if you're gonna verify it, I'm happy with mm-hmm. me listening to that. Anyway, so I I want to skip pretty much everything because my favorite thing happens in this episode. Yep. Perry is unavailable to stop Doof, and so <laughs> Doof's like, I don't need Perry. I've got this pot plant. Planty, the pot, the potted plant. He is going to help me out. No, Mm -hmm. he's not. He's a secret agent. Let's trap him. He's a plant wearing a fedora. And let me tell you, if there's one thing the show has told me, it's that if anyone wears a fedora, they can be a secret agent. And they can stop Doof. Because Planty, the potted plant. Does stop Doof. Stops Doof. (laughs) He's hanging from a rope. Because Doof's trapped him. And then... Doof, Doof hits shoves him. him and he just swings back and forth and just hits him in the head every time he tries to stand up and defeats him. Yeah. They call it a draw. They call it a, they call it a draw until the dogs break in, knock out Doof and fly away with the dog biscuit and eat all. So. Plenty! This is more evidence that Doof would defeat himself if yeah. left to his own devices. All right. Uh, I like. Perry's got an easy job and good. He deserves it. Yeah. I like Perry fighting. The bunny. I thought that was some pretty good, pretty good 
action scenes. Yeah, they went hard. Like they, they go surprisingly well with the action. That's like they, a proper sword yeah, they fight. Tend well not, shot. They tend not to do like fighting choreography in this show. But they put the, you don't they need put it. the hard yards in. But they put the hard yards, and so now every show that has fighting choreography again ripped off Phineas and Ferb. Ripped off Phineas and Ferb. Listen, I know that. Let me let me look at my timelines. Revenge of the Sith was released in 2005, and this show started in 2011. So I'm just going to say it. Revenge of the Sith ripped off Phineas and Ferb <laughs> and stole their sword fight scene. Because yeah. that looked like the f- sword fight scene between Obi-Wan and Anakin. No, 100%. 100%. There's no logical, there's no holes in that logic. No, you, you've, yeah. you've broken it down. Mm-hmm. Isabel brings an oven. To... <laughs> that is a great no context sentence. She's just prepared. She's just got an oven. She it's just not... brings her pink oven as like... Let's it's, cook them in here. It's not a metaphor. It's not a portable oven. It is a full-sized pink oven that, that she, she just, carries around. She just brought it around. She's like, I got my fireside girl's I'm, oven. I'm going to Phineas and Ferb's house. Who Better bring the oven. Who have an oven, but I need mine. Got better bring mine. <laughs> what if they need one <laughs> and if, then their one breaks? What if they need one and they don't want to walk inside? <laughs> I've just walked across the street with this flipping oven. Worth it. 100%. Worth 100%. And it does end up being worth it because they make... In, like they make X-ray glasses. Yep. Now, properly, 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 properly X-ray goggles. And I say properly because they don't work at all to match any sort of science. Yeah. So they seem to, when they look at Phineas and Ferb, they see their skeleton, right? Yep. Which, um, kind of explains the whole like, oh, you'd be able to see what people look like on their clothes. No, you see through people's bodies, right? So yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're not seeing anything. But then they look at Buford's stomach. And it's like, how can you see his stomach? When, like, how does yeah. that work? What's going on here? Yeah. And then I see through pipes, mm-hmm. but not all of the pipe. Just the one side of it? Yeah. And then they look at cardboard box mm-hmm. and it, only when you look at it for a little bit longer, it cuts out a little bit so you can see it. It's just, they're, they're fantasy. They're, they're fantasy now, x-ray goggles. They are very handy though. Here's my theory. Mm-hmm. Um... The X-ray goggles, because yep. this is a much simpler solution. This is a Phineas and Ferb solution, right? Yep. The X-ray goggles create a parallel timeline. Then, in the parallel timeline, <laughs> no. they actually cut a hole in whatever they're doing to whatever degree. Then, they put a tint over everything, because they, they're also, you know, they color graded. They appreciate yeah, that. Yep, yep, yep. And then, they allow you to see from the exact position you're in, but in the alternate universe. Oh, so you're saying whenever they look through the goggles... What the audience is seeing is a pre-constructed scenario that they've created. Yep. Hmm. And it's all a clever illusion. Trick your friends. Doesn't actually x-ray things. They made what they didn't want to make, except, you know, it it actually functions. Yeah, I don't know, because then they sell the things. Yeah, that's a good point. Phineas and Ferb aren't the sort of people that make a commercial product without... um. Without it actually being without a actually you can being sell. a viable product, so like the antithesis of Pablo Escobar. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you. We watched that video, if and you, no one else is going to get this. If you haven't heard of it, Google Pablo Escobar phone and be astounded, yeah. and don't don't buy the phone. Do not buy the phone. Do not buy the phone. You will not receive. There's the phone. a Fold one, a Fold two, and, and the an eleven. No, it's not an iPhone. It's the Pablo it's Escobar rip. phone. Apple. Rip Apple. Rip Apple. We've demolished Apple by selling their products. Very attractive people in bikinis burning iPhones. And if that doesn't say Rip Apple, nothing does. Do you know how confusing this is going to be without context? 
I, I stand by what I said. Do we do this podcast for other people? No, we do no. not. This is, this is between us and everyone else who listens to it. <laughs> if you want to know what I'm going on about... Give it a Google. Give it a Google. We ain't your slaves. <laughs> it's... Uh, anyway, no. have we got anything else for the first event? They swap heads. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, Isabel... Let's leave it there. Yeah, right, but next just, episode. They swap heads. Um, are Phineas and Ferb's heads connected to them? Uh... Like, are they connected to their bodies? Are they able to do that? Wasn't all a clever illusion? Is, Who knows? Do we think this proves that they are one entity as a god, or are they actually That's two separate god entities that can just muck around with each other? We don't have the answers. What do you think this podcast is? <laughs> you think this is a podcast where we discuss, like, the implications and then solve them? No, we just, we leave questions we hanging there. in the air. We leave the questions it's there. Up. And then once we're actually, you know, mildly successful, we can get people who can answer them. Much like a good show, we answer the questions that we understand, and the ones that we don't, we leave up in the air to the imagination of the audience. Mm. Beautiful. Unless it's about carrots, eyesight, and World War II. Yeah, in, in which case we're like, this is the definitive answer. Because, yeah, it's World War II to propaganda. There you go. <laughs> All um, right, spa day. Yes, it's a spa day. Candace and Stacey want to do a spa day. They're yep. like, hell yeah, let's go for a spa day. And I'm like... That's a good thing to do with good your friend. You. Treat that, yourself. That's a wonderful time. We should go on a spa day. And then she's walking along. Um, no. Anyway, she's walking <laughs> along. She's walking along to the spa day, and Jeremy pulls him aside and is just like, "Oh, I'm just going to go build a house for charity." And I'm like, "Of course you are, of Jeremy." Of course, that's what Jeremy <laughs> does with his weekend. What else would the perfect man do with his weekend? Build okay. houses for charity. There's two things that Jeremy likes to build. He likes to build houses and he likes to build PCs. <laughs> With a GTX 3090. <laughs> That's right. The sexy man got an even better update. With the BFG. Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise. That's going to be a great movie. I can't wait. Have they ever... They've probably talked to each other before. Probably. They're both famous. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But you know what's funny though? What? Like, Henry Cavill... Is going to have to pretend that Tom Cruise is just a platypus <laughs> and never see him be Tom Cruise. That's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, anyway. It's going to um, be a great movie. We're still going to make this happen. I swear to God, it's, it's going to happen. I want it to happen the season, so bad. The season four end of season finale is going to be a premiere of the first episode of this TV show. You can hold no, me that. No, it's not and a TV show. It's going to be like... It's a full movie blockbuster. It's series. a full movie. Yeah. and it Just will be one, the premiere. The premiere will be the season finale of season four of this podcast and you can hold me to that. And by that, I mean, if you bring it up and tr expect me to take responsibility for my own failures, I will punch you in the face. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Phineas is just like, well, they're going to have a spa day. Ferb, you want to make a spa? Ferb's just like, okay. Eh. Fer no, Ferb's like, yeah, it's all right. And he goes, you can do your seaweed rap, like rap, like music and that sort of rap. And, and fin Ferb's like, yeah, all right. He's like, okay. And, let me tell you, when I say this show sets up and pays off, <laughs> unlike this podcast, they they do give the payoff. They do. They and set it, it up and you're like, wait, beautiful. is he going to rap later? And just you wait. Mm -hmm. So Jeremy's gone to build houses and he's like, oh, you can come if you'd like. It's an open-ended mm -hmm. offer. And she's just like, well, I have to because she's a little psychotic. No, Candace, look after yourself. Look after Stacy. Mm -hmm. Take the break. You obviously need it. Like mm -hmm. you, you need that right now, but she's like, got to do it for Jeremy. I'm like, all right. And so then they have quite a fun day where Candace completely abuses Stacy accidentally. <laughs> and Stacy forgives her. And listen, I appreciate the subversions of cliches, but Candace needs some accountability. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she did some not great things to her friend because she was distracted by a boy. 
Joe, I know this is a minimum bar, but as a good as a, as a person that I consider to be somewhat decent, mm. I will not wrap you up in wallpaper and then make you struggle you a to breathe. Jack am I? And yeah, make you struggle to breathe, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. <laughs> while, will, while you talk about someone else. Yeah. Oh, I, I can. I think that's a it's, it's a high bar, but I think I can reach that. You know. Yep. I think I think you can do that if you ever. Put it any sort of physical effort to do manual labor such as wallpaper, I'd be surprised if you start <laughs> with. <laughs> you... Okay, ouch. Fair, anyway, but ouch. Um, so Mr. Fluffy Pants is a cat. Yeah, there's a doof found a cat. Very and cool. It's very cute. And it's also very capable of causing large More scale damage problems than doof has. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, this cat is a better nemesis for Perry than doof and smurters. Yep. And it just walks around, does things, and it makes the moon bigger. Yeah. So this scene, firstly, it makes the moon quite a bit larger than it is. Yes. Earth's fucked. Like, I kn- th- that, yeah. is, that is by far a way better world-ending scheme than anything Doofus done Yeah, before. like, this is nearly Majora's Mask yeah. from... Oh, another thing that's ripping off Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, yeah, Legend again. of Zelda Majora's Mask. Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask from 1999. Exactly. Yeah. The apocalypse is the moon crashing into Earth. Yeah. It's the same sort of situation. It, that would the happen. The tides are fucked. Well, yeah, I said, so... It, the climate is fucked. Again, it depends on how they make it bigger. If they make it bigger mass, then all your waves are tsunamis now. If it doesn't make it a bigger mass, all your, ar- all your orbits are screwed because you'd actually, like, hit hit the moon as you try to go around it. Because it's be so light. Awkward, yeah. And you could, like... Whack it. Push it. Yep. So yeah, everything's screwed. Yeah, that's fu- yeah. <laughs> yeah, this cat single-handedly entered the world in a way that Doof couldn't even imagine. Yep, and they don't even fix it by the end of it. They like, just leave it like that. They just left the moon doubled the size. Do you reckon that ever comes back, or do you reckon we're just not going to talk about? Talking about things that come back, though, we forgot to mention in the last episode. She has a spec. A, 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 oh, Candace is going through her stuff. Oh yeah, she's gone through her stuff, and she finds the scepter from Queen of Mars. Yeah, and it's from the Queen of Mars. She's like, "Why do I have this?" And we're like, "Ah, ah I watched that ep. I feel validated. So don't don't be coming at us for um for not seeing the scepter. You people that understand Phineas and Ferb better than us. Don't be coming. Imagine at us for thinking that. Uh, understanding Phineas and Ferb better than us. Us, the official mm. Phineas and Ferb. The podcast. official unofficial official podcast for Phineas and Ferb. Given the best blessings by one half of the creative team. <laughs> that counts, right? <laughs> um, one half of the creative team. As Candace Against the Universe taught us, there is a whole big team behind the show and every true. single one of them deserves credit. All um, right. I've got some. My top thing that I've written is shout out to Dan and Jeff for their writing and voice acting. I just I thought Doof's performance in this episode was fantastic and I thought the jokes were on point and I was like, shout out to them. Good on them. Fair enough. Um... I've got, side note, I can't remember what this one's from. I just got, don't worry, your secret's safe with me. Oh, yeah. So Phineas, once they cut to Phineas and Ferb at one point, Phineas just says to Ferb, don't worry, your secret's safe with me. And you don't hear the first half of the conversation. We don't know what the secret is. Now, I believe that the secret, personally, is that Ferb's real name is Ferb's. Uh, That could be it. Yes, that could be it. That, or it could just be another one of those very clever... Things that just happens, like there's, there's yep. the idea of the universe happening outside of what the observer sees, and this is one of them. Good world building. We Phineas love and Ferb it. have like normal conversations outside of us seeing it. Imagine teasing things outside of the universe. There's another show that's ripped off Phineas and Ferb, The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I've got 
when the cat's destroying things, right? Yep. It blows up. It makes the moon bigger. Mm-hmm. But also, before that, it blows up a billboard. And if you pause it at just the right time, you can see the billboard. And it says, fits all's hats. One size fits all. That's called a fedora, right? Yep. Now, firstly, took us a solid 30 seconds to realize that fits we, all. We were like, fits, a, fit, fits all. Do we know a fits, fits all, all in this is, is this like a reference to something, fits all? Fits all, as in one the size pun. fits all. Fits it's all. A, it's a pun, yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's the ones that we assume the agents use. Yeah, we, we only think... ever seen one hat. Exactly. So they just buy one hat and it fits Planty, it fits Perry, it fits everyone. Oh, Planty's hat was made of paper. Doof made it. Yeah, no, but at the end. Oh, he no, he does get his real hat. Monograms Planty like he becomes an agent. They gave him a medal as well. Mm-hmm. They're like, in our darkest hour, you're really shiny. Like, oh, come on, please be Perry. Perry deserves, Perry deserves some credit. Yeah. No, but it's Planty. Planty. I mean, Planty did do a good job though. Planty did a wonderful job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we think Fitzall's fedoras make the fedoras for the agents. There you go. Nice. Uh, when she was suffocating Stacy in the wall with wallpaper, mm. she did actually say that she was going to name her kids with Jeremy, Amanda and Xavier. Mm-hmm. Now you're like, oh, that's cute. Because in the future episode that we had like two episodes ago with my sister, mm-hmm. the kids' names are Amanda, Xavier and Fred. And you're like, oh, that's sweet. That's cool. She must have got with Jeremy. Until you realize <laughs> that if... Xavier and Fred are made as like the same the same as Phineas, as Phineas and Ferb. They're from a blended family. Does she end up with Jeremy? I.e. Jeremy and her have split. Now, I like to believe that Candace does get the girl in the end. Uh, does get the guy in the end. Yep. And that... But she they did. stayed together and it's not a perfect allegory. That's what I would like to believe. That's what we'd like to believe. But, but it is possible. I'm also okay with the fact that the 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 writers aren't they're they're not they're not pulling punches. Yeah, exactly. They're prepared to hit hard. Punch. They're like these two are the couple we've set up Hopefully, from the start. Jeremy could find the girl that actually deserves him. And like they, me. <laughs> they had two kids, but it still didn't work out. Yeah, fair enough. Sometimes it's like that, and you know. And I and I that's quite. It's quite it's strong. Out, yeah, it's a strong emotional message. Right, and that is literally just from one sentence as her friend suffocates in the background <laughs> and she fawns over a she's boy that she's building a house. She's always got about the kids being Amanda Xavier as well. It's just that we haven't gotten up to the future episode yeah, until now. and so it's after that one, so it makes more sense. Um, And then we have one of the best lines ever, and mm. then we'll break down the song. Oh, yeah. So the boys are getting delivery. First of all, they get delivered hot lava. Yes, very just, nice. Oh, actually, no, I've got, I've got a couple more oh, implications okay. about Sparte. So, firstly, um, they go really hard on the Sparte. They get it all set up for Candice mm-hmm. and Stacey. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Sparte song is a fan, It's a banger. All we right, get to going, hear, yep. as we said, set up and pay off. We get to hear a Ferb's Sparte like, rap. Like, it's, it starts with, like, a Sparte, like an elevator really music relaxed, sort of thing. Really yeah. Um, but then... Soft jazz, nearly. Hard cut, we get... Ferb's seaweed rap. And his voice is consistent. His rap voice is the same as his rap voice from Backyard Beach. Backyard Beach. The Backyard Beach. The Backyard Beach. Yeah, we don't know what they say, but Backyard Beach is Sure is a banger. and made it like nearly the top of my list. It's a banging song. Okay, yeah. Um, do you know who Ferb's singing voice is? Nah. Danny Jacobs, the man himself. Nice. Good on you. That's good. We love to see it. That is very good. 
Danny Jacobs is a, is a mastermind. He's behind a lot of the music in this show. He's, he's the everything. main guitarist usually, isn't he? Yeah, main guitarist and main composer as well. Yeah. He works with Dan and Jeff, and we love to see it. And if you have an amazing person like Danny Jacobs doing your music and Jeff and Dan making and writing the show, the songs, yeah. of course it's going to be gold every yeah, single exactly. time. exactly. This is a show that just does not drop the ball. And speaking of Danny Jacobs, Danny Jacobs, if you're listening, if you want to come on the podcast, it'd be really nice to talk to you. I could talk to you about music. It'd be really good you time. might be able to meet Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's set up that meeting. Because we, we know Tom personally, so we'll yes. give him a call, set up this. We'll, we'll, give him, we'll give him a call. As we, as we said, we're emailing his agent. We're working on it. We're, we're, we're talking. We, we send him an email every day that's like, Tom Cruise, <laughs> in our movie. Oh, I be Barry the Platypus. We'll even we'll bring a little Phineas Scientology cathedral to... Our set. By that you mean like whatever symbol they have. I don't think it's a cross, but like that and just hand that to them and be like. And be like, we respect your weird religion. No, just do it in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Give it to yourself. (laughs) Give it to yourself in the corner. Uh, The thing I wanted to talk about. Yes, I'm done for Was when they were getting delivered, the guy's like, oh, here's your 300 tons of cucumbers for Mm. for your eyes. Uh, uh, Say, aren't you a little young? For this and he's like yes 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 i am and the guy's just like sorry phineas he's he's, he's new here. <laughs> i love that and he's like it's, it's okay such a good joke. phineas is Don't just like worry about it. enjoy like, enjoy your job and i'm like yeah he's like welcome to the job good job you do well i'm like thanks phineas you adult person who was 10 years old you're being really supportive of this guy that, even this guy he, who is a complete idiot because he insulted your maturity by is, by saying that he's a bit yeah. young. He's mm. he's just into it now. How rude! Well, um, I like in Spa Day. Hold on, we haven't heard it. This Planty's the nemesis. Any excuse to chuck nemesis on? Yep. Cover your mud and make you feel like a queen. What a line! Just yep. wanted that. And then the other line I liked was in the song again from the previous episode, and it was. I can see a whole visual spectrum, which is funny because it's mm. that is actually science stuff. And sometimes photons act like waves, but particles when you reflect them. This is not a kid's show. You can bugger off. That is that a is great a... line, and it's going to go way over their heads. Yep. Get out of here. But I would argue that their curiosity being like, wait, how does that work? That encourages kids to look into science and oh, it's promote so healthy good. living. And this show, it's like it can do no wrong because it's promoting science. But it's also in promoting the arts. It's got mm. lots of music. It's got mm. creative people. Phineas is mm. doing it all. And they're like, you can do that too, kids. And they're even encouraging you to spend lots of time with your pets. Like, this is just a... It improves you as a person. This is, Watching this is like Avatar. It makes your childhood better, you know? <laughs> and it makes you grow into a better person. Uh, this is the one thing I'm going to show my kids. Yep. Like, this this is going to be from, like, when they're born to 30. And then Avatar is going to be from 12 to 30 or whenever yeah, they whenever. finish. <laughs> yep. Um, so I've got one thing that someone's written in. Oh. Not on tell. Gmail. Yeah, so but it's time for the reading the people letters. Yes, and that would come from Reddit when you oh. you commented on a guy, I Behold My Polymerization Anator, which is a photo of Doof dressed up as Yu-Gi-Oh! Is it Yu-Gi-Oh! What's yep. the guy's name? Uh, he's dressed up as Seto Kaiba, who is... You know how in anime, yep. there's the, the show starts with an antagonist and then about 10 episodes in... The antagonist and the friend become friends, and then they reveal like the even more extreme antagonist. Yeah, um, Kaiba is the one from that from the original series of Yu Gi Oh. So in the first episode, he beats up Yugi's grandpa and then kidnaps him, and then Yugi <laughs> has to fight him in a card game to get his grandpa back. 
and he's That's the antagonist, right. but then the antagonist turns out to be Maximilian Pegasus, and Kyber ends up being friends with you. All right, whatever. And you said a thing, and then the guy responds with, hey, the Phineas and Ferb podcast thing got me curious, so I checked out your profile. My bad on being a few months late, but congrats on getting the create co-creator on your show, man. That's fucking awesome. And Hell yeah. Who was that? That His name is... <laughs> you slash... Cream of the zest. <laughs> Great use. So, if anyone is to take the word seriously, cream of the zest has told you it's flipping awesome. So there's you should actually, go listen to that episode. So go listen to that episode. There's a running Reddit joke, which is um, room job Steve. Cause there was this person with profile who would often say very wholesome things. And their username was rim job Steve. And then you'd respond with thanks rim job Steve to like point out <laughs> the irony of someone with that yes. name saying it. And now whenever someone with a weird name, um, says something like wholesome, you yeah. link him to r slash rimjobsteve nice. as a meme. So yeah, that's a that's a bit of a rimjobsteve situation. I well, feel like I've said the word rimjob way too many times. You have, and I'm very sweaty in this booth. That yep. hot chocolate so, may have been a mistake. It yep. rose my internal temperature a lot more than it should have. Thank you so much for the wholesome letters. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We will be back with you with another episode very, very soon. After Christmas. After Christmas, yep. Merry Christmas to all those Merry to Christmas and to, to all those children and a good year. And to all a good night. The implications of Phineas and Ferb. Listen to it whenever you can. Yeah, I did it. <laughs>